This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Tuesday morning, second day of August 2022. Thanks for joining us this morning. Blue skies. The rain's gone. Looking pretty nice out there today. Hopefully I'll have some time to get out and do a little walk, some exercise. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed yet, run over to AffirmAmerica.com for the podcast. Today is the top five headlines for your Tuesday. Let's start off with headline number five. More and more Americans living paycheck to paycheck report shows. From CNBC, inflation has been causing economic hardship for workers across all income levels. As of June, 61% of Americans, roughly 157 million adults, lived paycheck to paycheck, according to a new Lending Club report. That's up from 58% who reported living paycheck to paycheck in May a year ago. The number of adults who felt stretched too thin was 55%. Even top earners have been struggling to make ends meet, the report found. Of those earning $200,000 or more, 36% reported living paycheck to paycheck, a jump from the previous month. From the Daily Wire, to help address the problem, Senate Democrats recently unveiled the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. However, a Penn Wharton study released Friday shows that the bill could lead to a slight increase in inflation over the next two years, doing the exact opposite of what its name suggests. To make matters worse for most Americans, Republicans on the Senate Finance Committee released data Saturday from the nonpartisan Joint Committee on Taxation that indicated the Inflation Reduction Act would increase taxes in the calendar year of 2023 for everyone except those making between $10,000 and $30,000 per year. Okay, so we can blame all of this on Joe Manchin of West Virginia. He was the one that was holding out. He caved He gave in to the Democrats' demands. Now they're raising taxes. They're spending money like drunken sailors. And it's just, uh, you know, typical Democratic uh, policies. I mean, I've been talking about it forever. They're tax and spend, big liberals. They just create problems anytime they run governments because they have no understanding of economics. And now we're in a big, big mess. And Joe Manchin is really all to blame. He raised their taxes on their coal industry 100% down in West Virginia. So those of you that are listening to my podcast that live in West Virginia, just remember that the next time he comes up for election. It's time for Joe to go. All right, headline number four, monkeypox. New York City mayor declares state of emergency. Dr. Lena Wen urges country to follow suit. From the Daily Wire, monkeypox cases continue to rise in New York City, prompting officials to declare a public health emergency on Saturday while estimating that approximately 150,000 Big Apple residents face possible exposure. 
The emergency declaration went into effect immediately and has allowed the state's health department to issue orders under the New York City Health Code and access more funds and resources to slow the spread of the virus. New York's Department of Health reported at least 1,383 cases as of July 29th, and of those numbers, New York City alone makes up for 1,289 cases. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention confirmed that the U.S. has at least 5,189 reported cases of monkeypox, which spreads through skin-to-skin and extended face-to-face contact, hugging, kissing, and sexual intercourse. Symptoms include fever, headache, cough, sore throat, and nasal congestion. The disease can also cause painful rashes and blisters. While monkeypox is not spread exclusively through sex, the disease infects gay men at a far higher rate than any other demographic. From Breitbart, Monday on CNN Newsroom, Newswork medical analyst Dr. Lena Wen called on the United States to declare a state of emergency over the monkeypox outbreak. Wen said declaring a state of emergency would allow the Biden administration to appoint a monkeypox czar and allow for more resources to be put into combating the spread. So we've, uh, we've heard this story before, right? I mean, this is uh, typical government intervention and mandates. This is what uh, they're all about, about control. This uh, monkeypox, uh, the symptoms sound, you know, no, nothing more serious than uh, the flu or uh, a rash. But this is not a serious national emergency that's going to create new mandates and restrictions like they had with the COVID virus. And it's also uh, spread through uh, at a very high percentage through the uh, gay population. So it is uh, just another opportunity for those that want to control the masses. We have to really wonder where this comes from. Typically coming from the far left radicals, the Democrats in general. This when lady, uh, need to check into her and see what her motivations are because she's the one that's out there with the megaphone telling everybody this needs to be a national emergency. All right, headline number three. The United States drone strike takes out al-Qaeda leader who helped plan 9-11 attack. Over the weekend, the United States conducted a counterterrorism operation against a significant al-Qaeda target in Afghanistan, senior administration official told Fox News Monday. The operation was successful and there were no civilian casualties. From CNBC. Al-Zawahari, a physician and founder of the Egyptian Islamic Jihad before ascending to the top spot in the Al-Qaeda network, was one of the main architects behind the devastating September 11 terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. He was previously indicted by the U.S. government for his alleged role in the 1998 bombing of the U.S. embassies in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Nairobi, Kenya. The State Department had previously offered a reward of up to $25 million for information leading to his apprehension. Sunday's drone strike in the first known CIA counterterrorism operation since Cabal fell to Taliban last year. Okay, so that's good news. Another al-Qaeda leader, one that was involved in the 9-11 attacks, was killed over the weekend. That's good news. There's rejoicing All across America, there's justice that has been fulfilled. They was the primary attack on the Trade Center, and it just shows that 
over time, Americans will hunt you down and they will kill you. And that's how it works here in the greatest country on God's green earth. All right. Headline number two. President Biden expected to address student loan forgiveness by the end of the month. From the insider, it's August, and for student loan borrowers, that means one thing. President Joe Biden has one month to announce whether he will be cutting their debt balances, and it will be a long-awaited announcement. While Biden told reporters in July that he will announce his decision for relief before payments resume on September 1st, borrowers, lawmakers, and student loan companies alike have been growing increasingly nervous as the clock continues to tick toward that date without any guidance from the White House, with a lot of uncertainty surrounding how effective debt cancellation can be implemented on such short notice. Since Biden said in April that he would make a decision on student loan forgiveness in the coming weeks, many borrowers have been anxiously awaiting details on what that relief will actually be and when it will impact them. While While the only certainty Biden has given so far is what the relief will be, 50,000 in debt cancellation. He is, con- he is reportedly considering $10,000 in forgiveness for borrowers making under $150,000 a year, an amount he pledged while on the campaign trail. From Fox News, with Biden's poll numbers showing he is currently unpopular, even with his base leading into the November midterm elections while control of Congress is at stake, The president's move on the issue is critical. Progressives and civil rights groups are pushing for Biden to grant $50,000 in student loan forgiveness and no less. Activists seeking to wipe away debts argue that borrowers were bamboozled by universities and the federal government alike, leaving them with inadequate wages to cover the payments and keeping them from achieving life goals like home ownership. The NAACP delivered a letter to the president on Friday telling him that $50,000 must be the minimum level of forgiveness with no income bracket caps because black borrowers, quote, have virtually no realistic way to pay it back in today's unjust economy, end quote. Republicans have pushed back hard on the proposal to cancel student debt, pointing to the cost, proposed income caps, the fact that borrowers chose to take on the payments, and the ethics of requiring all taxpayers to foot the bill, including those who never took on student loans and those who already paid theirs off. Okay, so this is just another socialist program. This is straight out of big government, has no business in uh, giving away free money for people that made decisions about their education. The Founding Fathers would roll over in their graves if they saw how much the government has become the mother of giving out free stuff, and that's not what we're about. And it's not fair for the taxpayers to have to pay for these bad decisions. Everybody has responsibility. You just can't pass off this responsibility to the masses just because you made a bad decision when it comes to your education. Now, granted, the universities have a lot to blame, too. Uh, these are cartels. These uh, uh, universities should be stripped from their government funding, the monies that come from the government. They should operate as a private entity, and they should be responsible for their actions also and how they sell their services to the public. So both areas need to be restored, revived, and uh, redone, rebuilt, because the government can't 
pay for these things from the taxpayers and the universities need to be much more careful in how they offer their services to the students. All right, headline number one, Speaker Pelosi's trip to Taiwan is on the docket. China issues more threats. From the Wall Street Journal, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is planning to visit Taiwan with meetings scheduled with government officials on the self-ruled island that China claims as its own, according to a person familiar with the matter, raising the prospect of increased tensions between the U.S. and China. People whom Pelosi is planning to meet with in Taiwan have been informed of her imminent arrival, this person said, though some details remain in flux. Some of Mrs. Pelosi's meetings have been scheduled for Tuesday evening, but most are set for Wednesday, the person said, adding that they include but aren't limited to Taiwanese government officials. Quote, she's definitely coming, end quote, the person said. The only variable is whether she spends the night in Taipei. The trip is almost certain to anger Beijing, which has warned against a Taiwan visit by Mrs. Pelosi and threatened unspecified countermeasures should the visit take place while the White House has urged calm. From the New York Post, meanwhile, a Chinese foreign ministry rep warned Monday that Beijing's military would not sit idly by if Pelosi, Democrat from California, enters Taiwan. Zali Jin also declared that due to Pelosi's status as the number three official of the U.S. government, a Taiwan visit would lead to egregious political impact. From CNBC, China views visits by U.S. officials to Taiwan as sending an encouraging signal to the pro-independence group in the island. Washington does not have official diplomatic ties with Taiwan, but it, it is bound by U.S. law to provide the island with the means to defend itself. A visit by Pelosi, who is second in line of succession in the U.S. presidency and a longtime critic of China, would come amid worsening ties between Washington and Beijing. Republican Newt Gingrich was the last House Speaker to visit Taiwan in 1997, and from the Daily Wire, in response, Taiwan has canceled the leave of some soldiers and ordered them to immediately prepare for war, while China conducts military drills in the area. Okay, so when the Democrats do good things, I like to praise them. I think this is great. Nancy Pelosi's got some guts, and she's doing, a right, she's doing the right thing. She's standing up against the CCP and their threats. Go for it, girl. We need you up there. We need you to stand up and support the USA and to push back on the threats of the CCP because we are the superpower and we're not going to bow our knees to the Chinese Communist Party. So let's pray for her, pray for her, uh, her team there, her staff, and let her go. You go, girl, because it's time to put the Chinese back in their place where they belong. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Tuesday morning, August the 2nd, 2022. Hey, thanks for joining me this morning on your Affirm America podcast. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.